Welcome to the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast, where our mission is to help everyone recognize and experience the presence of God. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast. Um, I am here with Father Rob once again, and we are going to tackle a pretty big topic today, but it's the source and summit of who we are as Catholics, and that is the Eucharist. So, Father Rob, what misunderstandings do you think people have about the Eucharist? The biggest one, I think, is we turn tend to turn the Eucharist into an object rather than an encounter with the living God in Jesus Christ. And that encounter leads to our becoming the presence of Christ in the world. And part of it is because we can get focused so much on bread and wine becoming Jesus' body and blood that we don't take it to its logical conclusion, and that is that we are becoming his body and blood. And if we ever get stuck on just the changing of bread and wine, we're missing the point. I think it's important that we remember when we come to Mass, it's just as much about Jesus as it is about us. We are trans supposed to be transformed during Mass. And when we leave Mass, you know, to go, to be sent out and do the good work of, of Jesus and to live out that, that calling of making disciples and just showing God's love in the world. The fact that during communion we say amen has so much depth to it because we are saying amen to a whole bunch of stuff. First, of course, we're saying amen to the fact that I believe that bread and wine that we brought in the church has been transformed into Jesus' body and blood. Basic. But we're also saying, I believe that I am being transformed into Christ's presence. And we're saying that everybody else here who's engaged in this act of communion is being transformed into the presence of Christ which has with it all kinds of ramifications. It changes the way I respect myself and love myself. It changes the way I honor and respect my brothers and sisters, because if I truly believe that Christ's presence is in them, then I owe them the exact same respect I would have if I were passing before a tabernacle. I may not genuflect toward them, but I owe them that honor and respect and dignity. That's a beautiful thought, because I think sometimes we would rather point out the the fleck in our neighbor or a brother or a sister's eye than to recognize that God dwells within them, that they too are the body of Christ. And one of the reasons, you know, we kind of settled on this topic is over the summer, the Pew Research um, released a study, and basically it said that two-thirds of Catholics don't believe in the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And, you know, in our conversations, we had uh, some some thoughts on that, and I think a lot of um, Catholics and, and clergy around the country had some thoughts on that. But, Father Rob, what what do you think is wrong with that Pew study? Do you think it's true, or do you think otherwise? I think in any time, at any time when we do a survey, it often depends on how we ask the question. And in regards to the Eucharist, it's something that is so much deeper and bigger than our vocabulary or our intellects can 
to scribe, that if we simply limit it as, do you believe that bread and wine become Jesus' body and blood, we can get people stuck in a way they can't answer it. If we say that in the celebration of the Eucharist, there is a total transformation of the living body of Christ, and that bread and wine, flesh and blood, become Jesus' body and blood, namely the church, I think the answer might be a little bit different. But people don't have the vocabulary to be able to express that. And sometimes I think we try to over-explain things, particularly when it comes to the sacraments, which is a pouring out of God's grace onto us. But when we try to over-explain things, we forget to leave room for the mystery. God, as much as we know about God and we know about God's love, God is still a mystery to so many. And God is a mystery to even those who are the most well-versed in theology or prayer life or had those experiences of God because we can never know God totally. But what's beautiful is when we look at our brothers and our sisters, when we look at those we go to mass with, we look around, we can see the face, the faces of the body of Christ. And we can get to know God more if we just would be willing to learn more about one another. And so I I know we just, we're talking about God as a mystery, but one of the things that the church says about the Eucharist in particular is that the Eucharist is considered to be the source and summit of our faith. So maybe for those of us who aren't as well scribed in Vatican II or even what the church is talking about, um, about the Eucharist, but what does it mean that the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith? Everything we are about is about our relationship to Christ. And if we believe, and we do, that the Eucharist is that most paramount point, that nexus between our encounter with God, then that's exactly what we're talking about, that we are becoming one with Christ. And the ultimate gift of love is to want to be intimately connected with the one we love. And we already know and believe that Christ's love is there for us in all its fullness. And on our part, our ultimate desire, whether we recognize it's our ultimate desire or we're in denial of it, is to be united fully with him. And the way we do that at its best is when we are united with him in the Eucharist, when we are in communion with him and with all of our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. You mentioned in our last podcast, one of your uh, topics that you liked was science, but also you mentioned history. So looking at the Eucharist, the celebration of, of the Eucharist, the earliest account that we see, at least chronologically in the Bible, would be in St. Paul's letter, because his writings were the first ones, um, the oldest ones, I should say. How much do you think the celebration of the Eucharist has changed since maybe, well, let's go right back to Jesus. Since Jesus instituted this, how do you think it's changed, if it has at all? Well, in the very big picture, I think we have done the Eucharist an injustice by wanting to turn the Eucharist into an object the first thing I said, and that at the Last Supper, Jesus gave himself totally 
to us so that we could continue to be his presence in the world. And that it was more than just a meal. It was a uniting fully with him. And that he added to that, okay, now go out and do that for each other. What you just saw me do, go do. Go wash each other's feet. Go offer your lives in service to one another. And it is easy to turn the Eucharist into a moment of me and God. And that is off the mark. It's a moment between us and God. And we always have to remember that. The very word communion means to be in union with one another. And I think sometimes we turn it into a private devotion, which it never was meant to be. And when we come to Mass, we come as a community to give thanks, you know, to God for all of the things that have gone right during the week. And honestly, we should probably be giving thanks for all the things that have gone wrong too, because those are an opportunity to grow. So as a community coming together to celebrate the Eucharist, how important is it that people participate in Mass and that people really give it their all during the celebration of the Eucharist? Well, if we believe what we believe, the source and summit of everything that we are, then I, the thing I've always said is if we were giving away Super Bowl tickets to the front row, people would clamor to get them. Yet this is so off the charts bigger than the Super Bowl. Why everybody wouldn't want to be in the front row is always a mystery to me. And I think sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that we need to go to Mass and we need to participate in the Eucharist for God. No. God wants us there because God loves us enough and wants to be with us. But we need it. Because whatever it is we seek, earthly things never quite live up to it. We can think, if I finally get the shiny new car I've always wanted, I'll be happy and it doesn't work. If I finally have enough friends, I'll be happy and it doesn't work. If I finally have enough money, doesn't work, fame, you name it, whatever the false pearl of great price we put out there, never works. But being in close relationship with God can bring peace and contentment that we seek. We just sometimes forget that that's what we're looking for. And I think sometimes, too, you know, in looking at why people don't come to Mass or don't come to church, there's so many reasons, personal reasons, I should say, because there's a thousand reasons that the world is telling us, you know, you don't have time to go to Mass, you've got other things on your plate, you'd rather go to brunch with your friends, you know, whatever that looks like. But why, I mean, all those personal reasons, like, I'm not worthy, or I don't understand what is going on, it's boring, all of these things, all these excuses that people use for reasons not to come to Mass, you know, what would you say to them? You know, how do we help them understand what exactly is taking place during, you know, particularly the source and summit of our faith, the celebration of the Eucharist? Well, a good way to look at it is to ask the question, and I'm sure the Pew Research didn't want to ask this question, but who offers what when we celebrate Mass? And our reality is the whole Christ, meaning the whole body of Christ, those gathered there, but also those who have gone before us marked by faith, the whole Christ offers the whole Christ. So we all bring, united with everyone, 
we bring our lives to the altar, united with Jesus Christ, and we offer ourselves continually in that sacrifice. So it is almost like a snowball effect. We continue to do this. And the other part that we often miss is that we are not simply remembering what Jesus did at the Last Supper. We are at the Last Supper because it's a continually offered sacrifice. And we're joined together with those in that upper room. It's, it's happening now. We're not remembering. We're there. And if we can convince people of that truth, we'll never have problems getting people in church. Because if you ask somebody as they're reading Scripture, if you had a chance to be sitting around that table with Jesus at the Last Supper, would you go? They'd say yes. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? You got that chance. That is so cool. I, I, I can honestly say I've never thought of it like that. You know, to be present at the Last Supper I always look at the Eucharist as an opportunity, you know, to again join with the body and the body of Christ, the communion of saints. I once had a professor say, and this was, it took me until I was 22 years old. I'm embarrassed to say this, but for someone to tell me that during the celebration of the Eucharist, whatever veil between time and eternity, it's ripped apart. During the That's Eucharist. the point. We transcend yes. time. That's why we can be there because yes. it transcends time. You know, that is, we are part of an eternal banquet. All those people who have gone before us, pick your favorite apostle, pick your favorite saint. Pick your grandmother. Yeah, pick your grandma, pick your grandpa. Friends, all those who have gone before us, we are closer to them when we partake of the Eucharist than we ever were when they were walking around. You know, and I think... For me, my favorite part of Mass is when we get to the Holy Holy and the introduction to that song is let's join with all the angels and saints in uh, the song of praise, I think. When we join and begin singing Holy Holy, our voices join with those not just present in the church, but all of those voices present in heaven. And we become part of the heavenly choir. How cool is that? And for me, you know, mass becomes more than just a chore. It bege- it becomes a way to reconnect with all of my loved ones who have gone before me. And that, I think, is one of the greatest gifts that Jesus has given us to be connected so intimately, to be connected on such an amazingly different out-of-this-world level. There's a there's another aspect of Eucharist that we don't emphasize enough to, and that is the Eucharist is the ultimate paramount forgiving sacrament of the Church. Oftentimes we put that on the sacrament of penance, but it's the Eucharist because the fullness of our uniting with Christ is in the Eucharist. Christ is the one that forgives and redeems. So in the Eucharist, we find healing for whatever is about us that is broken. And we don't talk about it enough. I I love that because I think sometimes we hear more about who can go to the Eucharist. And you have to be to approach the Eucharist in a certain way, which I agree you do. But we forget that. The idea that we ever reach the perfection we're seeking is insane. 
I, I think when we go to when we approach the table of the Eucharist, we kind of have to go with that idea of I'm not worthy to receive this. We actually say that in mass. I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the words and my soul shall be healed. Those w- words have meaning. And if we really think about what we're saying and not just mumble through them, it gives such a depth and a richness to partaking in that sacrament. And one of the things that continually happens is is if someone, for whatever reason it happens to be, they were on vacation, they got lazy, and they stopped coming to church, then they feel so guilty about coming back. And, well, I don't have all the answers. I think Jesus gave us a lot of answers. And I think the best way someone in that situation can look at it is the story of the prodigal son. What was the father's reaction when his son who squandered his inheritance came back? It wasn't, what are you doing here? Where have you been? It wasn't a chastisement. It was, thank God you're here. You've been missed. Let's have a party. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to emphasize that to people. If you've been away for a while, you're welcome back with open arms Father's glad you're back. Let's have a party. And not only are we going to throw a party, we're going to throw a party where heaven and earth are joined together. So it's kind of a big deal (laughs) when when we get together for a party. So, you know, in talking about the Eucharist and talking about Blessed Sacrament, the Blessed Sacrament, it kind of makes me wonder, we are, you know, the parish of the Blessed Sacrament. So if our parish identity is founded in the Eucharist, and what what are some qualities or what are some identifying marks that this this community should have or that you see in this community because we are blessed sacraments? Going back to what I said earlier, looking at the example of the gifts we've received from Christ to do our best to offer those to one another. Now, in reality and thankfully, none of us will ever have to go to the cross. But there are crosses we all have to go to. Some of them are big and more than we think we could handle. But we all have crosses. And we bear those crosses. But more importantly, we help others bear their crosses. And we try to lighten the load. We act as Simon and help carry the cross. And when we're doing that, we're doing Christ's work. When we are forgiving and loving unconditionally, when we are generous, let the one who has two cloaks give to the one who has none. When we're doing those things, when we're doing the things in the last judgment in the Gospel of Matthew, yeah, we're on the right track. That's what it's about. Do we do it all the time? No. But a part of being a people of Christ is recognizing that we do sin and we do screw up. But we also believe to the very center of our being that Christ's mercy and forgiveness are there for each one of us. And when we screw up, we repent, we see things in new ways, and we try to do better the next time. Christ was under no illusion that we were ever going to be perfect, and he loved us anyway. And we just need to remember that. And not only do we need to remember that about ourselves, but remember that about our neighbors as well. If we're looking for perfection, it's not going to happen. But we can love without limits. We can love in 
to quote a song that I know the high schoolers love in a reckless way without boundaries and to love like Jesus and to know that to show God's love to someone else is maybe one of the greatest gifts that you can give them. Well, just about every parish spends time talking about stewardship. And at the heart of the Eucharist is also an understanding of stewardship, that what we've been given we're meant to share. And the amazing thing about that is that no matter how hard we try, we can't outgive God. So when we think we've given away everything we have, God is going to continue to give us more. It takes a little bit of bravery, a little bit of courage, but it always works. So I feel like I've learned a lot about the Eucharist, and I've also been reminded a lot about what it is that we celebrate when we come to the table of the Eucharist. So Father Rob, as we kind of wrap up here, is there anything else that, you know, if people get one thing out of this podcast, what would you want them to know about who Jesus is and who the Eucharist is? Specifically about the Eucharist, it's to remember always that the Eucharist was given to you. It wasn't given to any particular group. It was given to the whole world. And the Eucharist was given to us to make us Eucharist. And to start to believe, because I think we can all be our harshest critics, to start to believe that Christ's love is so profound and so much there for us that while we may feel and we may in reality be unworthy, guess what? We're getting 100% of God's love anyway, because God doesn't think the way we think. God doesn't love the way we love, unless we start loving like God. So everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I hope you've been transformed in some way, and, and hopefully your understanding of the Eucharist has been transformed. And so as you go about your day doing whatever it is that you do, go to work, go to school, interact with your kids, interact with your friends, always remember that you are loved and you are called to be loved to others. Have a great day, guys. Mm-hmm.